Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamplett from What Culture. Talk ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw and SmackDown, but also NXT, AW Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael. Hamlet and Hamlet, how on earth are they going to follow last week's amazing Raw? I can't even do it. Look, what are they going to do to salvage Monday Night Raw this week? The whole show is on autopilot until we're previewing or reviewing the Raw after WrestleMania backlash. That's when we could start <laughs> to see the pattern for the year ahead. Um, this is like last week was so odd. It didn't, I would argue that it would be didn't feel like the Raw after WrestleMania pre-pandemic. We were in attendance yeah. for the 2019 one. And I think that was one of the first occasions where live audiences were given the opportunity to chant AEW very loudly at a bad WWE show. Um, so this is that last week's problem has been a problem for a while. But the whole point of that problem was that it like basically just expedites the lull. It brings a lull that used to be like, say, two, three, four weeks after WrestleMania into the very next night you are about halfway through that raw and you're like, Oh Christ, it's this for 11 months then. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like I, I wish they'd realize that because there's been a lot of conversation lately over casual fans and obviously some pretty eye popping ratings last week for, um, well, to a lesser extent NXT, but definitely AEW. Um, Raw has sort of retained a core of 2 million of late in 2021, which is terrifying indicates the actions of some of the people booking the show but i would just love it if for once they looked at that hardcore two million let's say between 1.6 and 2 million and thought i know we've got them should we like give them something to enjoy as well (laughs) maybe maybe that like because i'm sensing the narrative is turning to criticizing those of us that watch it i feel (laughs) like it's sort of listen guys if you're watching raw and expecting it to be good that's on you i'm like I get what you're saying, but is it? Is it on me to want to like want to like a wrestling show more than I've been trained to over this past 20 or so years? Um a complete mess. Some of them are. And then and then in the immortal 
And only ever more immortal words of Michael Cole. Raw just rolls on, doesn't it? It just, no matter what happens, it just rolls on. Dives, commercial breaks or whatever. So I have no doubt that after last week's show, that insane ending, it will just roll on. Like you say, if you... There has to be some sort of concerted effort to make a bad, bad show. Because we talk about mm. the fact that with the talent they've got, if they just went, oh, I don't know, you're a heel, you're a babyface, go out there and have a match. It'd be really probably better. Or like the whole, you know, South Park, Family Guy, Manatee, ball bollocks that they <laughs> did, right? Still would be better. The fact that someone's there like, no, it'd be good this week uh, if one of the tag team champions falls over and the people who are fighting them goes, <laughs> well, that's better than a win. Mm. Just, we'll get onto that in due course. Let, let's start with the, the big headline story coming off the back of last week's Raw, which is have <clears throat> what is left of <laughs> joined the business. T-Bar and Mace attacking Drew McIntyre after he became the number one contender for the world title at WrestleMania. Backlash. <laughs> oh, mate, we're living in chaos times. Chaos times. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are ostracised from the Hurt Business um, by heel Bobby Lashley, who typically would rely on their help, doesn't want it anymore. And MVP goes to a stable that proved themselves week after week after week after painful week to be inept and gets two of them. Nobody's asking any questions about the whereabouts of Slapjack. (laughs) That says a lot, I think. Nobody was like, well, you've not even got the whole collection, have you? You've not even brought your completed sticker album. Frigging T-Bar and me. Like, then WWE cut talent and you're like, well, things were looking pretty bleak for Retribution. So maybe T-Bar and Mace getting this moment on Raw has, like, all joking aside, saved their jobs. How much did we talk about when we were in the in the depths of despair with Retribution that, all joking aside, this is very seriously affecting the careers of human beings. Their wrestling careers could be tanked as a result of this this role mm. and yet T-Bar and Mace have sort of found themselves in the raw main event the week that a lot of talent get cut so for them at least maybe this is a bit of a Hail Mary maybe um, as we are recording this Dominic Dijakovic is drafting that tweet that he wants to send out at the golden hour that catches all members of the WWE universe to with a picture of his mask um, or a picture of his gloves saying, tonight the gloves come off and we're going to see Mace and T-Bar unmasked for the first time and MVP saying how he realised that Cedric and Shelton were too weak for the Bobby Lashley project, for the idea of Bobby Lashley to be champion. So when he when they kicked those two to the curb, he went looking for bigger, more dangerous men and he found them. And maybe that slim fibre of logic will be applied to why last week happened and it'll put over Mace and Dominic Dijakovic at the same time. Or, B, they say nothing about it and they just stand on a ramp with Bobby Lashley and MVP. And Tom Phillips, uh, it's not even Tom Phillips anymore, is it? It's Adnan Vert, bless him, oh. says, uh, what is the relationship between these guys? And Corey Graves wants to mock him and say, don't you understand, Adnan? But the reality is, n- nobody does. <laughs> nobody yeah, I'd love I love the way WWE presents this in their sort of teaser for tonight's show. They've put... Tonight on Raw, Drew McIntyre wants answers from MVP. What answers? Are <laughs> T-Bar and Mace a part of the Hurt Business? Yes. Raw rolls on! Like, <laughs> I'd love it if they just did that. Like, I know it's going to be a 10, 20-minute opening promo. 
It just, yep, they are. Because look at the bloody size of them compared to Shelton Benjamin and uh, Cedric Alexander, as much as I love Shelton and, and Cedric. But like you say, if they try and say, well, think about it. T-Bar. What did the T and T-Bar stand for? All the herbers are all on booking. Hello. Piss off. Love that. It's and as well, like Drew McIntyre wants answers. Then they come out and start like he's waited all week, but he's gonna wait till television starts so we can come out at the start of a show with the microphone and say, Right, I've very patiently waited for answers only for MVP to come out with his like new giant stable and be like, You want answers, Drew? You don't deserve answers. Oh. Uh, something like that. And and then Drew's just got a new group of people to have to try and fight. I predict genuinely, right, write this down. Um, Drew McIntyre will need a tag partner for fighting T-Bar and Mace tonight, next week, the week after, sometime before us, many backlash. And he will turn to Seamus. <laughs> that's, that's my prediction. At some point in the next month, we're going to see Drew McIntyre and Seamus versus the last two members of Retribution. Do you know what I, my prediction is for tonight? It's going to start by him saying, right, what's going on here? T-Bar and Mace, are they part of the help business? And MVP's just going to go... <laughs> Yes, right, and then the show's just gonna start. And they'll be like, Oh, bollocks, we've got 20 minutes to fill, right? Let's get let's get let's get rid of him for some crack about 420 tomorrow. Yeah, that'll that'll kill about five minutes, won't it? Um, wait, I'm figuring it out. Oh, sorry, go on. Well, later on, this is just a big picture stuff. This, right? Later on, <laughs> Bar and Mace are in their own special <laughs> dressing room that's left over, right? Little knock at the door. They open it. It's Drew McIntyre with a paper plate on his face, and they think, "Oh, it's like <laughs> infiltration." There he is. He's got him. <laughs> slap McJack. <laughs> slap Jock. Slap Jock. Slap Jock. Yes. Scotland flag on the paper plate. Oh man. Well, after we we need to speak to our very own Slap Jock, Andy Murray, about the logistics of getting this put together in time. Um, I was going to suggest maybe. Maybe Will Bond. You've got obviously um Lashley and MVP are kind of the elite members of the Hurt Business, and Mace and T Bar were the biggest members of Retribution. Maybe JP Morgan have funded a European super stable, and this is them breaking away from their original stables to be a stable at the very highest level. And you know, F the fans of Retribution and the Hurt Business because this is a new era for the, the top four. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I love Pat McAfee and I'm so excited to see what happens next with him on SmackDown with the, the fact he's apparently been given free reign. Why not do that with the talent then as well? But also, <laughs> if, if and I, I'm fairly obvious in with which way I lead in terms of which is my favourite weekly WWE show out of the two <laughs> roster shows, if they get Gary Neville on Monday Night Raw, my allegiances <laughs> will change very quickly. Unbelievable! <laughs> Monday Night Football to Monday Night Raw over the course of one plane ride. Uh, right. Come on. Serious now. Randy Orton <laughs> for the first time ever tonight because... Well, Randy Orton had him beat, didn't he, basically? Yeah. Um, both of these are rubbish, aren't they? That's the, that's the story. It's a battle... <laughs> Uh, it's a battle to see who's the least rubbish of the two. WrestleMania winners, they were just eight days ago. And then by Raw, they were number one contender losers. Uh, I, what I can hope for off of this match happening here is that it's not going to be a pay-per-view match, which is a weird sentence. But like my big fear from that triple threat was that they're going to make, they're going to book a month-long storyline 
where Randy Orton and Braun Strowman have a reason to feud. And I can't cope with that at all. I can't I can't fathom the idea. So soon after Randy Orton, as he put it last week, I've just wiped his frigging hands of the fiend. Like, I can't now take him having a month-long story with Braun. So I kind of hope it ends... I, I'm not suggesting we're going to get a finish, Christ, no. But, no, I was um, say, there's no way this match gets a finish. Let them fight and let it spin off into something else. I'm going to go with, in the spirit of the European Super League and some of our fantasy booking, that these become an accidental super team. Because teams have to end with nobody getting along and now they have to start with nobody getting along too you can't just have a team that arrive together and like yeah we've been friends for years we just thought we'd give WWE a go like MSK are such outliers on NXT <laughs> it's like well well we're really class because we know each other's moves really well and we care a lot about each other and our chemistry is amazing and every other tag team is like eh you weren't <laughs> enemies for six months first and you you, you trust each other what? like so I think this match ends in some sort of schmoz and then within two weeks Braun Strowman and Randy Orton have formed an uneasy alliance. Will it crumble at WrestleMania Backlash? Probably. It's money in the bank the next month. But we'll see. All I can think of is they've gone, any way you could reverse a running power slam into an RKO and then just work backwards from there, basically. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, we'll start off with them in a triple threat. and then uh, I, I think... I think we are getting this match at WrestleMania Backlash. And I think in the interim, oh. we're not getting a single clean finish on television. So if for nothing else, I'd like them to team because based on Randy Orton's arguments with Soldier Boy and the points he tries to use to win his arguments, you could call them the straw men. <laughs> yeah. So that's all I've got. That's all I've got on this. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot emotionally invest anymore. Yeah, let's rapidly move on to Charlotte <laughs> Flair and Asuka. Of course, Charlotte Flair interfering. Surprise, surprise, in the women's title match last week. Um, I'm, I'm, as much as it's going to be shonky on television, if this is a means to an end for a triple threat with Charlotte Flair, Asuka, and new Raw Women's Champion Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania Backlash, I'm kind of into it, you know? Yeah, something good. Finally, thank God we've got something good to talk about. Um, that I... I'm probably more patient than some over the finish last week, but I loved Charlotte's promo, loved it. Um, and now what I want desperately for her and for a character is for her to have start having matches that back up all of those words. She very passionately delivered last week. There was a feeling of frustration that was either very well performed or real from Charlotte Flair last week. Mm -hmm. Frustration at missing WrestleMania, frustration at being um, almost immediately overlooked after she came back. This idea that like, a character like hers would not tolerate being just shunted into the mid-card so soon after returning. Mm. Um, I bought it. I completely bought it. And how much of that is real, I don't know. But it tends to be that when reality shines through these promos, that's why they feel more believable. That's why they penetrate WWE's ugly, rigid scripting, which I feel like that did. I thought the attack was good. I thought she, like, it was. it's okay to make mincemeat of two baby faces like that or whatever Rhea Ripley is when you're making a big comeback and you're telling everybody that you're really dominant. You've got to back those words up f at first, you know? I thought she backed it up in the attack. I really hope this match is good. Um, Charlotte has... Has she had one since coming back in December? My gut feeling is no. Um, not one like not one of a Charlotte Flair standard. That's not to be critical of her. They're still far better than most of their, like, say, lower rung matches on Raw, male mm. or female. But um, not one of a Charlotte Flair standard. Even without a finish, there is potential for, say, 10 good minutes here. Uh, you think they're going down the triple threat route at WrestleMania Backlash, don't you? Yeah, 
I think I think it's really easy to book this. I know it's WWE, so they never do the, the most straightforward thing. But you have the triple threat at WrestleMania Backlash, in which I'd have Charlotte Flair hit Asuka with natural selection. Rhea Ripley immediately gets Charlotte out of the ring and hits Asuka with the Riptide. One, two, three. Asuka can then go off TV for a bit, make me miss her, bring her back, maybe even on SmackDown, perhaps. Um, and then you've got your match. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley uh, for the title. I'd build that to SummerSlam, to be honest. A big blow-off for that. But, yeah, it's WWE, so they, they, they don't really do this in terms of what would be best at one of the big four pay-per-views. They just go, what's next? Right, so I don't all just book for that. It's the sort of thing where... Um... We talked about on SmackDown preview about uh, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks being sort of justifiable for WrestleMania backlash. And yet, in the very same breath, you could argue trying to put that rematch off for as long as possible. Um, WWE are in a kind of precarious position with the tops of their women's divisions at the moment because they've done such a hideous job of booking the undercards of these divisions that you've got, on both brands this is, about three credible main eventers Mm. And then a lot of people that are nowhere near ready. That's not the fault of the women. There are plenty of talented women um, who could be easily slotted in. I mean, look at Carmella as a perfect example. She doesn't feel, like perception-wise, on the level of the top SmackDown contenders, but she can absolutely work at that level the second she's pushed into that position and had two two great matches with Sasha Banks. She was given the benefit of being off television for months before that return. A lot of these women have had to toil, and I mean toil, in the undercards, just dreadful, dreadful booking when women aren't fighting for titles. It's not, it's near Divas division booking. It's not good enough. Um, and now that WWE are kind of facing that problem because yes, I completely love the idea, like idealizing say Charlotte and Rhea at SummerSlam or this triple threat, dragging it out as long as you can. But where else do you go with your title? You've got, you've got the job. We're back in the situation where um, Lacey Evans knocks out Becky Lynch on the Raw after WrestleMania and everybody's going, Lacey Evans? Mm. And you just, oh, because oh, you didn't do the work beforehand. So they kind of, that's on them in the sort of weeks and months to follow to buffer the undercard of this women's division so that you're not relying on two or three rotating headliners. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. That sort of allows me to transition to talk about something I took the piss out of quite early on. And that being the women's tag team division. I'm not going to go into a huge deep dive across the board of like NXT and stuff here, but I mean, I don't know if Michael Sidgwick watched last week's Monday Night Raw, but if he didn't, I for one would love to be the first man to tell him on, <laughs> on, on yesterday on tomorrow's uh, on tomorrow's Raw review podcast, what called dressing, wherever you get your podcast from. That last week's ta- I mean, non-title, but still, you, the tradition is you beat someone in a non-title match, that qualifies you for a title match. That Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, to the complete acceptance of the, in theory, babyface mouthpiece that is Byron Saxton, he was complete in agreement with it, of just like, ha! oh, it's not worth it because Nia Jax fell on her ass. They just walked out. They walked out and they uh, they got the count out loss and then their music played. I, I'm still reeling from it. Like doomed, absolutely doomed. We, look, when we take the piss out of stuff, and it's more on the previews and then on the raw review, I guess a lot of the time. But when we take the piss out of the stuff, it's born out of still caring enough to watch in the first place. So you watch a finish like this and it's just right for ripping the piss out of. It's right there for you to enjoy mocking. However, you care as well. The level at which this undermined something that was already horribly undermined was, I think I probably called it disastrous last week. Like, I found this finish to be a disaster of execution, of, like, of outside perception, of the performance of the people involved. Like, the phrase, it's not worth it, was uttered by the wrestlers and the commentators. So that was obviously very directed. Get that message across. Get Tell the people at home that it's not worth enduring the rage of Nia Jax because she's fallen on her arse, right? Losing a match, like risking your the, the pay packet you're supposed to get off it, risking the title shot you were theoretically in. It's not worth it because your opponent is angry in the job you do where you physically engage with angry people for a living. It like you just you explode the whole thing, and there's only more explosions in all the pockets and all the debris and all the detritus. Like it was catastrophic, and did really like wrestling Twitter again. The audience we have to use in the absence of actual fans. Does wrestling Twitter really care that much by Tuesday afternoon? Not really. Like that's either an indictment of WWE or an indictment of the women's division or both. Um, it's like that that can just sort of slip through the. Gaps at this point. I honestly think it's not sexism, it's a view on bad booking. I honestly think if you'd have done that finish at a WrestleMania or you'd have done that finish in a big title match between, say, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, there'd be hell on for days and days and days and days. There'd be hell on tonight. The first thing people would talk about are raw. How the hell are they going to respond to that thing last week? What on earth was that? Blah, 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 blah. 
I bet you, and this is not to pat us on the back, I bet half the Raw preview podcasts or people think about Raw out there won't even cover this because it's not something WWE.com have listed as something to care about. Mm. I, it's flabbergastingly bad. The division feels doomed. The belts feel doomed. Shayna Baszler feels doomed wearing one of the belts. Um, they beat her again but, on SmackDown, didn't they? Yeah, beat her again. Rolled, rolled her up easy peasy. Um, but this is why it, my esteemed colleague, Michael Sidgwick, and he takes a lot of grief for this, unfairly so, mm. talks, about, talks about things like brain worms and goldfish memories. Because if tonight on Raw, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke win a number one contenders match against whomever, then they were right last week. It wasn't worth it. We'll just get another shot next week. And then you go, so then you backward engineer it and you're like, right. So Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke walked out on a tag match and got a title shot the next week. The Iconics split up because they lost an opportunity to get a tag title shot. You can't like, it unpicks the logic of everything. That's why boring old farts like us get pissy about stuff like this because you don't even need to backward engineer it back to last July. You could probably have backward engineer it last week, but it just picks everything apart. It's just like, unless unless you're unless you're a goldfish brain and you literally have to forget it the following week. I mean, just a quick word on Shayna Baszler. You know what's going to happen with her. They're eventually going to drop these titles, and then in a week or two, like you say, they're going to be like, I've never seen a bigger threat to Rhea Ripley's title reign than, than this. Mm. It's like, well, unless Rhea Ripley just learns how to do a roll up. And therefore, she's <laughs> yeah. the title because that's that apparently is one of the hardest women in WWE's kryptonite, the most basic of maneuvers. But anyway, enough about that. In terms of the women's tag team division, and you know, uh, especially considering the past week, I'm not in a mood to be like, hey, maybe it's gonna be all right, guys, because it hasn't been <laughs> all right since you took the titles off one of the greatest female tag teams of all time. But anyway. Like you say, uh, uh, everywhere I've looked, and this isn't just including. Well, it, it does include whatculture.com, but everywhere I looked, any other website has talked about, you know, 10 wrestlers who are set for a big push after WrestleMania. And this isn't situation like, oh, what random people are you going to push? Which is a list that included Tucker, ironically, mm-hmm. right? This is genuinely who people think they're going to push. People like Braun Strowman, uh, people, you know, who who've clearly, Cesaro, who had a good yeah. time at WrestleMania. And disregarding the whole, she fell flat on an ass thing of Mandy Rose at WrestleMania. You all do kind of get the feeling that her and, and Dana Brooke, specifically her, is, is being put in a position of like, okay, get our ducks in a row, and then we're going to give you a bit of a push, whether it's through, through tag team singles, whatever, right? So you've got to think that this is step one. Step one is, huh, lol, she's not worth it, walk out. And then, like you say, what's going to happen tonight? What, Nia Jax is going to concentrate so much on not falling over that they get a pinfall on her? Like, yeah. It's it's preposterous. And, you know, as much as we lambast the, the the situation in the NXT women's tag team division, where they were like, well, we were champs first, we were champs first. At least they're just having matches for the title. Like, at least it's just beat us if you can. And you'll, you know, and it's early days for it. But it's unquestionably better in terms of a women's tag division than what's going on. Because you've got Natalia, like I said, getting a victory over Shayna on SmackDown. And we're still there going, who's the baby face team? Like, I get it. Um, we sit here all the time and say, you don't just have to have heel versus baby face dynamics. You can have face versus face dynamics. We very rarely sit here and say, you can have heel versus heel dynamics as well, because no one wants to cheer for either of them. The baby versus baby face dynamic is the fact that 
well, you just let the, they both get cheered, but some people will cheer for one, some people cheer for another. What are you doing? You can't have heel teams. And that's why I understand that they need to push Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke into the, into the position of, of title challengers alongside Natalia and Tamina. But this isn't the way to do it, is it? No, yeah. What well, the scenario you're pitching, and how often does this come up? You resent everybody. <laughs> just like, just resent everyone. Um, they'll do a spot this week because you're right. By the way, more people need to understand that last week wasn't some sort of like aberration. It was chapter one. Like this week, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke will do that thing where one of them will get on all fours behind Nia Jax, and the other one will push her over. So she's fallen over again, but this time it's because of them. And then poor Adnan Verk will have to shout, mind games, they're in the head <laughs> of Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, and Corey Graves will be like, maybe they've realised they can't beat them physically, but mentally they've got their number. Like, that'll actually, like last week, it's not worth it. That'll inform the story. That'll be, it's not It's not like editing Reginald out of the Sasha Banks and uh, Bianca Belair video package. This is... This is just like the key ingredient of the story that they've they've outthought them and now they're going to outfight them and take the titles. I've just had that uh, uh, usual suspects coffee drop moment, right? <laughs> what is, as I've just mentioned, what is Shayna Baszler's kryptonite? Roll-ups. Roll-up, right, okay. But getting rolled up, Nia Jax, big brain, would have learned, well, if she's getting rolled up, I need to better get in there fast and break up that pinfall. But... Earlier on in the match, I was thankfully caught by our WWE cameras whilst they're not cutting eight times to give me a bloody epileptic fit or whatever it is, right? You'll never guess what. Mandy Rose has only sneaked round to the uh, heeled side of the tag team and uh, tied Nia Jax's boots together. Whoa! She's falling over, stupid bloody cow. Hey, you fell over and they've been doing that. They get a title shot. See you later. Thanks for coming, everyone. Those outfits that they've got where it's like pink, but then obviously it's designed to be a little bit titillating and reveal like the, the flesh down the side. It's kind of a throwback to the mm. Divas era. Like instead of pink, they just make them in yellows and they're known as their banana skin onesies. <laughs> there you go. Let's That's what on. it is. Isn't it? This, whole, this whole thing is about falling over. That's what this angle is now about. <laughs> the side. Like this, they are, they are fighting about falling over. <laughs> One of the, yeah, one of the most engaged about things on Twitter, WrestleMania weekend. She fell on her ass, and it's like, well, we'd be stupid not to make money out of that, right? Uh, speaking of tag teams, it's tonight the night we see AJ Styles and Big with their newly won tag titles. I do hope so. Yeah, um, not conspicuous by their absence last week, but it would have been fun to see them just ripping the piss out of the New Day or like, because the New Day didn't seem to care that they'd lost. Like, we'll win them back another time. That's what we do. Um, they're like basically putting the entire division on notice. I thought that presentation of Omos was fantastic. Um, I welcome more of it. What I would like, I think at this point is rather than a, an immediate angle, because we haven't yet got Strowman and Randy Orton together to try and take them on, you know, we've got, because imagine them two as, as comparative pieces. You've got the big guys, and the great wrestlers, where only one of them is actually a great wrestler and the other one's Randy Orton. Like, <laughs> that, the like-for-like like comparison between Orton and Strowman and AJ and Omos. But no, I quite like it now. If they, You know how good WWE got bringing in feckless local jobbers? Like, really good. Oh, Basically yeah. Basically, so, so good that James Ellsworth once got a job. Like, just 
the the guys getting battered have been bizarrely entertaining the last couple of years. And I want to see more getting tree slammed by Omos. And I want to see more phenomenal forearms off his shoulders when it's not even necessary. You've just got like Johnny Trunks and Phil Boots just getting <laughs> absolutely murked by the sag champs. More of that because it's another, it's like if they're gonna proceed with the old school ways of getting the giant that can't do very much over, that's one of the best ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gonna, I'm just thinking about some of the... Where's Vink, first of all? But anyway. <laughs> but I, yeah, I like that. The Singh brothers, maybe. This week. I'm just trying to think of people mm. they've already got there who can, you know, COVID testing, etc., etc. Of course, yeah. yeah. Like, fair. I'd love the Singh brothers dancing down to the ring. Bollywood boys, hey, sunglasses and all that. Boom! <laughs> I don't know. I know they're meant to be, but are Styles and Omos... Heels? Because they're not in my eyes. No, well, this is one of WWE's problems, isn't it? It's a, um, I think they are, yeah. But it's going to be dependent entirely on how AJ Styles' comedy character is skewed. If it, if they, if he starts doing his idiot funny man stuff at the expense of heels, then they're baby faces, aren't they? Yeah. It's it feels at the moment entirely dependent on who they're feuding with. Yeah, I think so. I hope, I hope I hope they switch in babyface because I just love watching them. Um, they're great. They're great. It, obviously, uh, they they got a great victory as a tag team uh, at WrestleMania, as did Damian Priest, who immediately followed that up by getting fifty fifty booked. Um, surely they salvage it tonight, and I I anticipate big picture time. I think we're obviously going to see eventually a split between Miz and Morrison, with Maurice now being in the picture. Uh, I'd hope that this is a route to having. Jamie and Priest effectively run what is very a very brief gauntlet where you have him maybe beat Miz and then Miz batters him with a chair before they have the second match against Morrison, which Morrison loses and Miz snaps on him or something. That's not going to happen tonight, but maybe the first steps of that. Yeah, a combination of something like that for WrestleMania backlash, it feels like, doesn't it? You maybe have Miz and Morrison just continue to talk up the fact that Bad Bunny did all the work and then Priest beats them in a handicap because they can't get along anymore. At, you know, yeah, this they got another month out of this, but it's purpose driven, so I can't be too cross with it. Purposes being continue Damien Priest's relatively good start on the main roster and split up Miz and Morrison. That feels feels like there's two separate directions and two separate goals that can both be achieved through this. It's quite drab currently, but I can't I can't mock the process if it succeeds in achieving both those goals like within the course of one pay-per-view cycle. Uh, you ever hear the story, by the way, just bring us on to our final point. You ever hear the story about someone who uh, put a goldfish in a bathtub and then went away on holiday and came back and the goldfish was the size of the bathtub, which obviously bollocks, right? Mm-hmm. But Michael Sidgwick leaves us for a week and goes, right, you... God, there's only one lot of spooky bollocks. Comes back, double the spooky bollocks! We got Alexa Bliss with her weird lily doll thing and uh, the Firefly Funhouse. More spooky <laughs> nonsense tonight for you, Michael Hamplet. Because tonight is the night with two fiends on. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, reti- I'm retiring that gimmick because I've run out of songs with two in the title. Um, yeah, I... The reason why I sing about this is because it's one of these things that gives me such joy. That frigging doll and Alexa on the swing last week, like my smile was nearly as wide 
as when Bray lost in six and a half minutes. A few reasons, right? Number one, it's because it's genuinely welcome on Raw. Some of these Raws are so crazy dull. The Black Goo segments, the like, the fire is shooting at us segments, all that kind of stuff. It's just what you need <laughs> as, a bit, as a bit of a livener. It's like when you've peaked, the pubs are back open now, when you've peaked too soon after six and somebody spots you getting the droopy eyes and then they buy just the right shot that like brings you back to life. You don't need to go and be sick. You just have that one great, it might be a Zambuca, might be tequila if you weren't me and made yourself sick on them in uni and are never able to even take the smell of them ever again because don't buy 15 in a row and think you're the big man on campus. Um, but whatever that shot is, it just brings you back to life and the night out was just started again. That's The Fiend on Raw and we get two of them. That's for us. That's our experience of it. Yeah. For, for some people, it's like leafing through ancient literature panicked on a Tuesday morning going like, right, what does this mean about um, Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss? What's this mean about their relationship? Can I find someone that was once called uh, Lily or Tilly or ECW took place in Philly and the character's quite extreme. Uh, there's got to be a way to link this back to the law. Law, law, give me more law. And I like watching that panic. I like reading the Reddit threads. But, like maybe there's a bit of schadenfreude because I know that it's rooted ultimately at like my, my hilarity at their sadness. I shouldn't. But yeah, I, I welcome this so much. Fiend's Mind, uh, my favourite account on Twitter, right? Mm. Popped, popped himself with a picture of Bray at WrestleMania saying something to the effect of, Fiend's got a new nose. <laughs> like, and I not even noticed that they added like a bigger nose to that mask, right? It's more it's not as flat as it was before. It doesn't look like it's been cut, like stretched across a belt, right? And I just pictured after the fact people seeing that new belt, like on various forums or threads or, you know, Twitter threads or ever being like, uh, guys, you uh, seen the new nose on the, uh, on the Fiend mask. Do you think he's finally able to sniff out trouble? And, uh, or do you think he still smells the burning flesh from December? Do you think that's why the nose is bigger? Um, and, I, and like, they're thinking that, and I'm just going, give me black bogeys, black goo bogeys, <laughs> like big goo snots coming out of that giant nose by the summer. I love it. I, I'm not going to give you some booking on what the hell they're going to do, because I don't want that now. I just want vignettes. I just want stupidity. I just want Bray Wyatt writing sad love letters to an ex-girlfriend he never had. Oh, all I did was abuse you and infantilize you. Why did you leave me? <laughs> like, in that voice garbage and i love the smell of it not unlike like that's a covid symptom i've got i'm sm like i'm four months post covid and i've got this thing called like it's called phantasomia or something where your smells are all corrupted because your senses are still returning to normal constantly i'm smelling ashtrays and i'm smelling like household rubbish those are the two like wherever i go i could be outside in the fresh air and these two smells for some reason just hit my senses those are the only smells that the fiend's mask knows smells because that's all he's lived amongst is burning and rubbish. That's all he knows. Well, you aren't bringing some fantasy booking to this, but I am. Uh, big news, obviously, today is that WWE have changed their attitude towards AEW after inexplicably promoting them on the show <laughs> immediately after WrestleMania. Say, like, oh, hey, it's Chris Jericho. Remember him? Well, he's with this new company now. And if you want to watch them, they're completely unopposed on Wednesday nights now. And they hit 1.2 <laughs> million, right? So now they're suddenly like, oh, guess it's not a pissant minor league company anymore. So what they're going to do, they're going to try and blow AEW's number out of the water. 
And what does numbers, Michael Sidgwick? It's a wrestling wedding. Now, I'm not suggesting it's going to be Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss, because that'd be weird, like you said. Instead, I am suggesting <laughs> it's going to be Lily and Rambling Rabbit, because that's the couple I need to see on Monday Night Raw now, okay? Give my boy Rambling just... Rabbit a bit of that. He's the real star in all this. That's the problem. So, and I'll be the I witch. Like uh, what's it called? Vicar. I don't forget what he's called. The, the person who marries people in terms of like, the efficient is that it? Yeah, something like that. I, I mean, Eric Bischoff was the justice of the peace, wasn't he? That was it. Yeah. Know, justice of the puppets. I just, again, like I love the idea of Bray Wyatt, a guy that's not been in the performance. Oscars of the peace. Years. Sorry, I got excited. Oscars of the peace. <laughs> yeah, he's not been in the performance center for ten years, but they could still do a bit where he's looking at his hands in tears as both puppets are getting married, and there's nothing he can do about it. He's just bringing them close, like he's bringing in the hands closer together to kiss. He's like, no, don't do it, and like. The, the huskus of the peace has been like, if there's anybody here that wants to say something, and Bray is like conflicted. Oh God, do I say something? <laughs> Either way. That is not something we're going to be skipping on tomorrow's Raw Review, but all this bollocks we will be delving more into. And not only that, here's a tease. This is a, this is a WWE-esque tease. On tomorrow's Raw Review, I can promise sex and TNA. <gasps> wow, we've, we've gone... It's a, we finally slid that far. If that isn't a call out for people to leave five star reviews, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yes, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead uh, of a dreadful segment on Monday Night Raw, subscribe to What Cool Dressing, leave us a five star review, uh, and yeah, suggest something instead. But let us know your thoughts ahead of Raw tonight on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Why well, say you can follow both of us? You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts, including the Raw review tomorrow and later on today. Me and Michael Sidgwick sitting down to talk about a new dawn for all elite wrestling. But this has been the Raw preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.